a mom from down under who home birthed her first baby. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Pure Doula podcast. I'm your host, Catherine, the Pure Doula. On this week's episode, I chat with Catherine, <laughs> another Catherine. Um, Catherine is a mom who recently gave birth to her first baby at home. She supports women to create healthier homes and families, reduce their toxic burden, and stand in their absolute power in all things, but especially birth and motherhood. She helps empower women with natural alternatives to live a holistic lifestyle. Now, Catherine was amazing to have on, and we really got it you know, got along, had a great conversation. We really could have like talked forever and it's not because we have the same name, (laughs) although that's like a plus, but we just kind of shared a lot of the same, um, values, opinions, thoughts, you know, all that. So hang with me while we chat it up. This is the Pure Doula podcast. Let's get into it. Hello, Catherine. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Is my sound okay? Oh, yeah. I hear you perfectly. Accent and all. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just think it's really cool because you are in Australia and this is like kind of a first and a major for me, you know, having outside the States come on and share their story so a big thank you to you for that and it's pretty cool because it's two separate days right now pretty much Um, yeah uh, it's Saturday night here and Sunday morning there yeah it's 10 a.m here on Sunday but how cool that we can connect like this from the other side of the earth (laughs) It's so, so cool. So thank you so much for doing this. It really, really means a lot. So why don't you tell the listeners um, a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, all that good stuff. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, So my name's Catherine and I'm a mum. I guess that's like my biggest umbrella at the moment. Um, I had a home birth uh, around 11 months ago now. I'm a teacher and I call myself a plant dealer. (laughs) I uh, love that. (laughs) What I do is, what I guess I do is I I help women to support themselves and their families to reduce their toxic burden using beautiful plant medicine and essential oils. And I'm especially passionate about all things, natural pregnancy, physiological birth, teaching women that their bodies were made to birth and how they can support themselves with a natural toolkit um, during their pregnancy, birth and postpartum. And yeah, I'm just so excited to be here and talk about birth. It's like my favorite topic. I know, right? Um, like it's something you could talk about forever. Sure. <laughs> Literally like all day I could talk about birth. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Um, so we had a conscious conception, but before that, we were actively doing the work um, around 
birth and how to prepare. And I think the whole, the whole thing that like spun me into this world of birth was that before I had, um, before I was pregnant, I was scared of giving birth. Like I was terrified. I, um, based on the content that I had just consumed my entire life, like from watching TV and movies and watching um, people give birth on their back, screaming in hospital with bright lights and all of that kind of going on that has been ingrained in my mind for so long. Or I don't know if it's the same for you guys in the US, but over here, there's this huge tendency to go to like a baby shower. Mm, oh, yeah. They call baby showers in the US. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We have baby showers just like an abundance of gifts and over the top stuff and gadgets for this and gadgets for that and some good desserts, yeah. you know, you get to enjoy. <laughs> while you're there. the food. Yes. Well, that here as well, right? So, like, it's always gifting things for the baby. It's yes. always about the baby. It's not really about the mother. But the thing that happens here is I've noticed or throughout my life I had noticed that there seems to be this, like, competition around who had the most traumatic birth and sharing mm. birth stories at a baby shower. And to me it just feels so inappropriate to this mother who is preparing herself to give birth and, you know, like, all of the people around her are trying to outdo each other with who had the most traumatic birth and it doesn't really set her up for success for her own birth. And so the community that this person surrounding themselves with are normalizing traumatic birth. And so that had kind of been my life and I had been terrified of birth. And my mum, she had three C-sections because she was too small. And so Mm. my whole life, I remember – I was probably around nine the first time that my doctor had said to me, oh, like you're probably going to need to have a C-section. So that What? Kind of being- I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> At nine years old? Yeah, it was crazy. Wow, and that so is that crazy. Kind of what I just envisioned my birth would be like. And then I watched, um, what's it called? The documentary called Birth Time. And I wasn't even pregnant then, and that just changed my life. And it just spun me off into this whole world of birth. (laughs) Now, um, I'm not familiar with that documentary. Can you kind of give us, like, just a little, like, summary of, like, what that was and how it affected you? Yeah, so it was really around, um, I guess, normalizing birth trauma in hospitals and what hospital birth could potentially look like with continue continued care um, or, you know, going back to practices of, you know, Indigenous people in our country and how they give birth and different types of birth. And it was really the first uh, experience I had had where birth was examined to a deeper level in terms of what was considered common um Mm. and I actually attended that with my friend who was a doula we went to the cinema to watch it here in front of the premiere and I cried cried (laughs) oh wow yeah Um, but from that moment I was like I'm not doing that I'm going to have a home birth and that was before I was even even pregnant I was like nope that's it I went home and I told my partner 
just so you know, when we have a baby, it's going to be at home. And he was like, okay. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's amazing. Amazing. How amazing that he's so supportive too, you know? Yeah. He was always on board. A lot of people ask me, like, oh, how did you get him on board? But he was like, yep, I trust you. That's fine. I'm into that idea. Sounds great. Like he was very interested. He he didn't do as much um, reading and things like that as, as I did, but he was very invested in terms of would be happy to listen to a podcast or watch a documentary with me, talk nice. to me about our birth choice. Yeah. He's, he's been fantastic. That's amazing. Cause I mean, I do feel like that is important, you know, and it sounds like you guys just have a lot of trust and love and it's just a beautiful thing really. Yeah, it was really great. It's actually funny because later on when I tell you about how my birth started, it won't sound like he was supportive, but <laughs> he was. Um, but yeah, he he was great. It was um, a lot of people were like very cautious, I guess, or would project their fears onto us. And so we uh, didn't tell anyone that we were having a home birth until – we were at that point where we were just so resolute in our decision that we had done so much research so that if anyone came to us with their questions or they were concerned, you know, we had something to say to them that could back up what we were doing. And we felt like our confidence couldn't be shaken because I didn't want to um, internalize anyone else's fears. So Mm -hmm. I was like, before we tell anyone we're doing this, like we need to be rock solid in what we're doing. And I think that worked really well. And I know people who have just literally just given birth at home and not told anybody at all, but mm. I really wanted to share our journey. But, um, it, yeah, it worked really well doing it that way, I think, making sure we were solid first. Absolutely. And that's the thing, like you said, people just, like, cast their fears or their trauma on on you, just like you said, with, like, what's common at a baby shower in Australia with share, outdoing, like, the trauma stories and everything and um that's part of like why I have this podcast and have people like you come on and share these amazing stories to kind of get rid of that and just show like hey it's okay like this is normal this is what we were created to do you have nothing to to fear you know like all of that exactly yeah and so many people were like oh but don't you want to have your first baby in the hospital like Mm. some kind of rite of passage to be traumatized by your first birth but (laughs) I had done so mind to work that I was like, no, I don't want to give birth in that environment. And I imagine that the hospital system in the US is probably similar in terms of maternal care as, as it is in Australia. Uh, I know that I come across lots of content that's US based around birth statistics and things like that in the US. And so I'm sure it's a worldwide issue. That oh, the for sure. Has created, yeah, this medical emergency out of birth when it doesn't need to be. Absolutely. I know there is, um, I believe her handle on Instagram is the midwife mummy. Well, cause M U M M Y I'm trying to say it, (laughs) but the midwife mommy, you know, she's based in Australia, I believe. And a lot of the stuff that she does share, you know, are absolute issues here in America. So I, I agree with you. I think you're right as it is, is like a worldwide thing that it's this medical emergency, which is insane. But anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, she's actually a friend of mine, and we, I did work with her uh, throughout my pregnancy. We oh, no way. With her. Yeah, she's awesome. That's so she's cool. Super passionate about what she does. Um, and that's, I guess, I've been so lucky. Well, not lucky is probably the wrong word, but I've really um, consciously surrounded myself around people just like her who are advocates for, you know, physiological birth, who know what they're talking about and who are passionate and that has helped me immensely to kind of curate the people that I'm surrounding myself with and particular particularly on social media where I'm getting my content from and during pregnancy that was really important and that's so major because being surrounded by people like that versus how you said previously you know the content you were surrounded with which same as what I was surrounded with which all women typically are unless you are searching for what we like can really like affect the birth you know like how you birth how you go into it and what you view about it so I think how we can looking for the alternative or really the the way it should be (laughs) can really help any woman have an amazing birth and definitely no trauma at that with how she's going into it you know yeah exactly it's I feel like birth is 90% mindset and Mm. once you realize it changes the game for you you need to prepare mentally for birth absolutely absolutely okay I love this I feel like you and I could probably talk about (laughs) this kind of thing for a long time (laughs) Um, I know. Everyone which is really cool. That if I would just be hours long. So I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> no, no, please don't apologize. I'm like getting excited and wanting to just like have this conversation with you. <laughs> but um, yeah, continue, please. I'm just very excited and happy to have you here. And I get very like, ooh, whenever I have someone to talk to about this. <laughs> so uh, throughout my pregnancy, we were in lockdown over here. Um, which made it very interesting but that also I guess really solidified our choices because we knew a lot of people who had kind of given birth in the hospital system and then you know a couple hours later their partner was asked to go home and things like that and we we didn't want that we didn't want my partner to be separated from me and our baby you know immediately after birth and we didn't want him to not be allowed to come to appointments and things like that and so I guess that was another It was an element of our decision, but it wasn't the biggest part of our decision. I think we really just wanted to avoid the birth trauma, but also have that intimate experience at home. But the lockdown situation kind of, kind of really just solidified it as well. But we had a private midwife who was excellent. And I would say we had like a semi wild birth, wild pregnancy. I mean, we, I don't really like to attach labels true things but we had one uh, ultrasound at around 15 weeks or so and our midwife had asked if we would just have one so we did that one and we didn't have any of the other testing and things like that that happens typically during pregnancy I actually had hyperemesis throughout my whole pregnancy and so I was really sick and the lockdown kind of was not terrible in that situation because Um, My partner, Andrew, worked from home Mm. and I was working from home as well. And it meant that he could kind of help take care of me a little bit because I was so unwell. So that kind of helped, but it also disconnected us from the rest of our support network as well, Mm. which made it a little bit 
difficult. Um, the other thing during pregnancy was that I have a negative blood type. And so I was spoken uh, spoken to around having anti-D. Is that, do you guys call it anti-D in the US? I think it's called, is it Rogram? The Rogue, yeah, yep, exactly. The Rogram shot. Um, I'm negative as well. So, you know, they, I did have a hospital birth. I tried, I did as natural as I possibly could. But um, another reason why I pushed for home birth <laughs> But um yeah. yeah they they came to me about that and tried pushing it on me and all that. It's so common isn't it that they just push it on you or they just yeah. I guess they'll say oh we just have to give you this medicine and women just aren't really given proper informed consent around it and I did a lot of research into it. I um I'm, I guess I'm a bit of a nerd in general but mm. any topic I'm interested in I just go full in and I just research it to you know the bottom of the earth and so I looked so much into the shot and discovered that it was a blood product and there was um, some potential side effects and things like that and that it actually doesn't do anything for my current pregnancy Um, so it actually can pose you know a risk to my current pregnancy for the benefit of a potential future pregnancy and so what we actually did was a test to determine my baby's blood type and it's not really common over here and I had to kind of go around a few different things to get the test done it was really hard to access it to find out what my baby's blood type was and Mm. we ended up getting the results back and my baby was a positive So it didn't really change anything for us, but it did mean that we were just aware of that if anything was to happen or if, you know, I was to be in an accident or anything like that. So it was just good for us to know that information. Um, But it's astounding to me that that shot is given, you know, potentially to so many people who don't need it. I mean, up to 50% of people who don't necessarily need it because their baby is also negative. So I'm sorry, you cut out. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but you did cut out for a second when you said the blood type, which is so funny because I was like waiting for it. Um, <laughs> was it positive or negative, the result? Yeah, so it was positive. Um, oh, it was positive. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, so it didn't really change anything for us because yeah. I wasn't going to have the shot anyway, but it was good information to have in case we, I was in an accident or something like that. It gives, gave us the information that we had to be able to make an informed decision if we needed to. Absolutely. So it was good to know that. Yeah. But yeah, it's just wild to me that that's not, that test isn't routine over here that they don't give that test before even offering the entity to people that they're giving that shot to people as a prophylaxis right. to like people. Yeah, you would me, think, but... I agree, you would think that that would be the option first, for sure. I mean, me personally, I'm like, yeah. I don't want any injection of any, you know, I was like, no, I don't want that. I'll just do what I got to do, I guess, take my chances. And, yeah. you know, I mean, if we were created to do this, I feel like we would be okay. You know, we don't have to inject something like that. Exactly. And I think everything serves a purpose on a much bigger universal scale. So there's a reason for everything, I think. You're right about that. Yeah. So 
So our pregnancy journey wasn't glamorous. It wasn't, I wasn't glowing. <laughs> I wasn't having the best time mm. of my life because I was so unwell. Um, but again, I had done a bunch of research around medication that was available to me and I wasn't really comfortable with that. So we just kind of battled through. Um, but our midwife was super supportive of all of my decisions. When I interviewed her, <laughs> I kind of interrogated her actually. And <laughs> I went in with like a list of questions was like, what do you feel about this? What do you feel about this? Like, what's your transfer rate to hospital? How do you manage the third stage? Like I was asking her specific questions and she nailed, she nailed my interrogation. So we were really happy with her. So that was really important that we had someone in our birth team that was aligned with us and, you know, was on board. So that was great. We ended up getting to, I think when I hit 40 weeks, so we didn't tell everyone our due date, but when I hit 40 weeks, kind of everyone started to be like, when's the baby coming? Are you having the baby yet? Are you having the baby yet? And then I hit 41 <laughs> weeks and everyone was like, oh, like you're late now. Like mm. the baby's going to have to, Does that mean you can't have a home birth? Are you going to get induced? And then at like 42 weeks, everyone was like, oh, they're not going to let you keep going. And I was like, who is they? Like, there's no they, it's me. I'm the one birthing my baby. And so at 42 weeks, everyone was starting to kind of get a bit worried. I wasn't, I was fine. I was so in tune with my baby. I I knew he was okay. I knew, I knew everything was fine. I could, I could tell everything was fine, but the noise externally kind of started to rattle me. And I ended up just turning my phone off. And I said to my midwife, look, if you need to contact me, call Andrew. I'm turning my phone off. I don't want any of this noise. Like I'm just need to go in a while. So I did that. Ended up going into labor at 43 weeks. Wow. (laughs) Um, Which everyone was, wow, 43 weeks. And because I was so sick, it felt like I was pregnant forever. (laughs) Oh, I It was a very long time. Oh, But, um, yeah, so when I went into labor, I woke up from a nap in labor and I, throughout that week, had kind of had a couple of little bits of cramps and things and didn't know, you know, what to expect because it was my first baby. So I didn't know really if things were, if I was in labor or not. So a couple of times earlier in the week, I'd said to Andrew, oh, like this could be it kind of thing. So when I woke up and I was like, no, this is definitely labor, I texted my friend and was like, I can't tell Andrew yet because if this is like a false start, you know, he won't believe it. So I just waited a little bit to be sure. (laughs) And then I came out and I told him and this, I said to him, oh, honey, I'm in, I'm in labor. And he said, oh, I'll believe that when I see the head. And he was busy playing (laughs) video games. And I was like, that's fair. So he continued to play video games while I was in labor. And... I was like, righto then. And then I just took myself off into the lounge room with my dog and was watching TV and doing, you know, I had my exercise ball and was doing all the things. And he was none the wiser that I was just going through (laughs) labor. That was fine. And then um, I think because mentally as well, I'd really prepared that labor could go on for days. And so I was like, yeah, just keep playing video games. Like this is going to be a while. And so I was watching TV and kind of things were kind of getting a little bit harder to manage and I was breathing through things. And I came out and said to him, oh, I'm going to get in the bath. And he said, okay. 
no worries. So I took my, he went and ran in the bath and I took my laptop in there and was watching TV and he came in and he said, do you think we should time your contractions? And I said, nah, they're not like, they're not very far together, close together. And he said, no, they, they kind of are. I think maybe we should time them. And I was like, no, don't worry about the timing things. <laughs> like I was so much about just letting things happen. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, no, don't worry about that yet because it means nothing. You know, this is going to go on for such a long time. And he started timing them and he's like, no, nah, they're pretty close together. I'm going to call the midwife. And he called the midwife and she was like I was. So she was like, <laughs> no, it's going to be ages. Like, you're fine. Just keep an eye on her. See how she goes. Try and have a sleep. Like, all the things. <laughs> anyway, and he's like, no, your contractions are close. And I was like, they're fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. And then I was like, I'm getting out of the bath, though, because I don't want the bath to slow my contractions down. Like, I'm ready. This baby is coming. I'm, I'm getting out of the bath. Like, so I got out of the bath and was walking around. And by this point, Andrew had started to kind of freak out because he was like, well, I didn't believe she was in labor and now she definitely is. And I haven't done any of the things that I need to do because hmm, I'm a little bit of a control freak. So I had written him <laughs> a, like a cheat sheet of like what he had to do, right? I love that. And there were things on there. Like, oh, oh, man. I don't even think he looked at it. Like I actually... I'm pretty sure I found it like weeks later and he hadn't touched it. But <laughs> there were things on there like defrost some bone broth for me to drink or um, make ice cubes, turn like close all the blinds and turn the lights off, like all that kind of stuff. Put the diffuser on with my essential oils and, you know, put the playlist on and stuff. Anyway, so we had done a hypnobirthing course, like I said, with the midwife mummy. And we had done all the techniques of him to come and, you know, touch the pressure points and help massage me and things like that. But by this time I was, I was pretty well in labor walking around the house, being active, breathing through contractions, using my tens machine. But he, he was like running around the house trying to fill up the birth pool because he had left everything till so late. And he was like, your contractions are so close together. He's like, she's going to kill me if, you know, the pool's not even ready for her. Like, So he was so focused on that that he, like, wasn't really even there for, like, all of my early labor. And so I was just kind of on my own walking around the house. This was January. And I had the Christmas tree up still because I was not taking the Christmas tree down until the baby was born. Like I was like, nope, the tree's staying up. I want to look at the Christmas tree light <laughs> while That's I'm cute. in my And then I actually discovered only like a couple of weeks ago, I looked back at a photo and the Christmas tree lights weren't even on. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so ended up getting in the birth pool and we – really remember like how long I was in there for but it wasn't very long and Andrew called the midwife back again and again I was like no it's fine this is going to go on for ages like go and have a sleep like I was telling him just to relax like I was like it's gonna be fine it's gonna be days <laughs> he called the midwife back and she's like okay let me listen to her for a little bit so he had the phone next to me and she was listening to me and then she was like okay I'm coming over now and so when she got here she came in beautiful like she just came in quietly 
didn't disturb me, was just really quiet, kind of came in, observed me for a little bit, like didn't make a big commotion. It was actually really beautiful. It was really reverent. And, but it wasn't very long before she was like, I'm calling the other midwife to come. (laughs) And so she mustn't not have realized how far along I was either. And Uh. so the other midwife came um, and it all kind of happened pretty quickly. But I remember I was like breathing and I was trying to, you know, be calm and use all my hypnobirthing techniques. And I had like my essential oil rollers and things like that. And all of the calm things that I wanted, my playlist, all those things. And then the second midwife that I had, Tess, she said to me, you don't need to have a quiet birth to have a calm birth. Like if you need to be, if you need to roar, then you do that. And I was like, yeah, you're so right. You, mm. You're right. That's me. That's much more aligned with my personality. Like I'm a loud person. <laughs> and so I did. I roared those contractions. Poor Andrew because I'm sure he was deaf by the end of the day. <laughs> but I, I even had like a sore throat the next day. But yeah. I, yeah, I, so I roared and roared my contractions out and it happened pretty fast. I remember I was pretty calm the whole way through. I, because I had done so much learning about physiological birth as well, I could identify different parts of my labor. So I could identify when I was having um, transition because those thoughts around, you know, oh, I can't do this anymore or this is getting really hard now. I had those thoughts kind of, but I, in my head, I knew logically, okay, that means that I'm actually quite close. And so mm. knowing that really helped my mindset. Um, and so, yeah, so we got close and I remember like laughing and joking and being like, oh, they really weren't kidding when they called this the ring of fire, were they? Like, <laughs> this hurt. Like, this was painful, but not painful in the sense of, a normal kind of pain, like something's wrong. It's such a productive kind of pain. Like nothing felt wrong. It all, all, all felt right. It just, it hurt, but it, I don't even know how to explain. Like it just, it didn't feel like something was broken. Like if you broke a leg, right? It just felt like it, it was doing what was meant to happen. And it got to around, must've been around 6am, but I well, actually, even before then, I had said to my midwife, oh, I feel like I need to push. And she was like, you do what your body tells you you need to do, right? And it started off kind of being like a contraction with like a little push at the end. And then eventually it kind of took over and it was just basically like that sensation of needing to push. And it was so beautiful. I had hands off the whole time. No one had suggested any vaginal exams, anything like that. Uh, it was really beautiful. Andrew got in the pool with me at one stage. Uh, it was really, it was really beautiful. I could not have asked for anything more in terms of my birth team and the support that I had and, and the atmosphere and things like that. Um, and then when he started to come um, and show his head and things kind of started happening, it happened pretty fast then. And he was born at around, like, the sun was coming up. So it must have been around 6 a.m. when he was born. And I remember he um, popped his head through and then the midwife said, okay, now he's going to spin around slowly. 
and he was not slow. He just went shoop and just flipped Aww. around and came out. Um, but it was, it was remarkable. And it's crazy how as soon as he was born, like you just forget any of the pain Im- immediately. Yeah. Because we didn't know he was a boy either. But the whole way through my pregnancy, I had been saying he, 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 he. And everyone had said, oh, do you know it's a boy? And I said, no, I just... I don't know why I just keep saying he and it was a boy. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but when, yeah. Did you find out what you were having? No, we didn't find out. We did this. We waited till the end. I, we weren't pretty unassisted just until the very, very end um, is when I like actually got a midwife. But yeah, so we didn't find out till the day of and everyone thought a boy, strangers would stop me and be like, oh, you're having a boy. I felt like I was having a girl, but I think I was, like, trying to fake it like I was having a boy <laughs> or wanting a boy, you know. But, um, yeah, we had a girl. She's amazing. I couldn't even imagine having a boy now at this point, you know. It's just it's just perfect no matter what. That's all. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter which way. No, How it really doesn't. They come up to you and the strangers who just tell you yeah. things or, like, give you advice or make comments. I'm like. it's so wild I know and it's like it's just I don't even know how to describe it because it's like yeah that's nice I guess I guess but some of the stuff like I think you could just keep to yourself (laughs) yeah yeah for sure and like because I'm quite a small person like I'm five foot one and because I was so sick as well, I'd lost a fair bit of weight early on in my pregnancy. And I remember once being at the supermarket and someone had said like, Oh, how far along are you? And I, t- I can't remember how far along I was, but she was like, Oh, you don't look very big. And oh. I was like, that's because I've been vomiting up like right. my whole, everything that goes inside my mouth, like everything comes out. Oh. Like I'm not keeping any food down, but I was like, people just don't realize, I think, how things can be interpreted or they don't know the full story of things and so they make comments but they don't really you know yeah the back the back story yeah yeah but yeah so when he was born um I pulled him up so he was born in the water um which was my dream and I'm so happy that came to fruition like I had always been the person who you know if I was unwell or if I had period pain or anything like that in the past, I would always be the person who would go and get in the shower or the bath. And mm. that was always a method of pain relief for me. And so it was just a, it was natural for me to want to birth in the water, I think. But when I pulled him up, I actually broke his cord. And it, so it snapped and I was holding him on my chest and I didn't, I didn't really realize that I'd broken his cord. I had kind of felt something heard something kind of felt it but I was just like my mind was obviously just in a million places at that time so I was holding him on my chest and the midwife had said oh let me just check the cord and then was like oh it's broken and I was like oh yeah I I think I felt that (laughs) and I'm like I probably should have mentioned that to you and I didn't think anything of it at the time and it was always in our plan to do you know delayed cord clamping and things like that Um, but at the time I you know I was just overwhelmed. You feel like you're on this high. And so, yeah, it was crazy. So that was, um, so he was 
the cord had snapped. And so then I was like a bit like, oh no, like that's not, that's not good. And what felt to me like 30 seconds later, which I actually realized later on was ages later, they were like, okay, it's time to get out of the pool now. Like the water's getting a bit cold. And I was like, oh, I haven't birthed my placenta yet. I really wanted to do that and sit in the pool for a while. And they were like, oh, you've actually been in the pool for quite a while. <laughs> and then later on when I watched our video, I was like, oh, they were right. I was in there for ages. It felt so quick. Time is just very strange during all of that too, I feel like, you know, where you, yeah. like, you don't know what, what's going on time-wise. Like you said, you feel like it's only seconds. And they're like, no, it's it's been a long time. Yeah, you're so consumed with what's going on. It's just like everything is surreal. And so I said, oh, no, I was a bit worried about birthing my placenta not in the pool because I was like, oh, it's going to hurt. She's like, no, no, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. And so I stood up to get out of the pool and she put a bucket between my legs and she was like, cough. And I coughed and it, my placenta literally went plop into the bucket. Uh, and I was like, oh, wow that's great (laughs) um but yeah obviously like he wasn't attached to it by that point because I'd broken the cord but I guess one of the things around my birth that I would do differently next time was I I mean I probably did but again I don't really recall but I'd really like to look at it a bit longer or have a look at my placenta because I don't I don't remember it at all and I mean I probably did look at it like I know the midwives were but right so so many things going on right at the same time yeah and it's such a high that that you know what you just did so I feel like it, it can all be somewhat of a blur like you said as far as like you know our concept of time and like wait I barely remember what that looked like you know so <laughs> you're just like everyone yeah. we're just like on this cloud <laughs> right so like the oxytocin was just unreal and mm yeah it was just like I was I was high and I remember being in the shower and my midwife was in the shower and I was just talking absolute rubbish like I was just it's like I was drunk like I was literally just (laughs) talking gibberish to her and I remember messaging her like a little while later being like like a few weeks later and saying I'm really sorry about that like I feel embarrassed that I was like just talking gibberish and she's like no, no, that's very common. Very, very common. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh. I, yeah, the whole experience was great. It was hopping into our bed with my partner and our baby and our dog and all of us being in the same bed it was so beautiful. We ended up getting like Uber Eats and having mm. this beautiful lunch with my midwife um, not long after birth. And I couldn't imagine doing it anywhere else. Like, Getting into your own bed and cuddling your whole family and where you're comfortable, there's nothing like it. And that to me was like, yes, I've made the right decision here. And I'm so proud of myself because I'd, like I said, I'd initially had all these fears around birth, listen to everyone else, be fearful of birth. And I was like, I did this and I did this all like by myself. Like I really was the advocate for myself in my birth and I really was so proud of myself and how I handled the whole thing 
the toolkit that I used for pain relief, all of it. I was so proud. And yeah, I was on a high for days. <laughs> well, congratulations because you did it and you you had your dream birth, you know, like that is, it's amazing. It really is. And for women to be able to just do it, which as we should, you know, like it, it is a major accomplish, I think. So congrats. Like you did it, yeah. girl. <laughs> thank you and like look the odds are stacked against women like there are so many things designed to intervene in that Mm -hmm. and I think for a first birth particularly I was very lucky to have avoided that like statistically very lucky to have avoided different interventions and different trauma but absolutely it's such a a great thing that I can share with people to tell them that their body is made to give birth and that they are capable of it. And that for a first birth as well, that it's possible. And I love now sharing that with people and helping other people to get that birth too, because the feelings of it and how like, I can't, how life changing that experience is. And it's so beautiful. And I want every woman to experience that as much as they possibly can. And so I just love helping other people now to talk about that and and learn about birth and, yeah, to support other women because that's what birth should be like. It should be women supporting women, going back to how it used to be where you would have that village of support around you. And, yeah, that birth can be so beautiful. Oh, absolutely. I agree. And I think it's great that that brought you into that, you know, and that you are willing to share your story and help other women go through that. And it's true. Like, we're just like doulas, you know, like, it is an amazing thing to do. And like, yeah, any woman could really be a doula. Like we all were technically doulas. How many years ago back in the day, just by default for being that community and support you know like you said for each other and just being there just holding space or you know helping with the delivery or anything that needs done for the mom to give birth or postpartum or during pregnancy it it really is amazing and I love you like I said I'm gonna sound like a broken record (laughs) shared your story and, and continue to do so it's amazing amazing yeah it's it's like it's just life-changing it has really spun me into a different trajectory of my life I think now because I think I told you the other day now I'm considering you know being a doula eventually yeah or something like that and and so many people are like oh you'd be such a great doula and you'd be perfect are you kidding (laughs) yeah well like I love it like I totally would I think maybe when my baby is a little bit older and he doesn't need me as much and I can leave him for periods of time I would love to go and support women in that way but yeah for right now you know my favorite thing is to help women to you know go through their pregnancy and their birth and postpartum naturally feel supported have access to toolkit, like a toolkit that's going to help them, um, that 
they have information around different interventions and the risks and the benefits of those and then they have options and you know it could be any options from like a tens machine to essential oils to homeopathy to anything or to you know if they're birthing in a hospital what interventions and access to pain relief they have and and to know what the risks and benefits are of that and to be able to make an informed choice on those things and not feel pressured or coerced into one of those options without knowing all of the information. It's tremendous. And so that's the work that I'm doing now, I guess, in while I have my baby who's so small and that's the way that I'm helping women now, I guess, in that helping to empower them. So how can anyone any of the listeners any of the pregnant women out there women who plan on becoming pregnant how can they get this help and support and information from you this little toolbox toolkit that you have that just sounds so perfect so i guess yeah the best way to probably find me would be on instagram um and come and have a chat with me i'm running classes empowered birth classes pretty regularly now and have so many resources and things ready to support women in that way um in the empowered birth classes i often will have someone who is a midwife or a hypnobirth instructor or someone as a guest as well and we'll go through you know different kinds of pain relief we'll go through things like um, aromatic anchoring and the importance of how that works and to tie positive feelings and positive messages to that sense of smell mm. and how that really helped ground you for birth. And that was, that was probably the single biggest thing for me uh, in birth was not even what happened during labor. It was the work that I did in pregnancy. And when you sit, you know, and you listen to your hypnobirthing tracks or you read your affirmations and having those like I had a particular essential oil that really tied those feelings of calm and relaxation and empowerment to me. And then I used that oil whenever I was reading my affirmations, whenever I was reading about birth and telling myself that I can do this, that my body is made for this. And then during birth, that's the oil that I had diffusing. And Mm. it's so incredible our bodies and the way that they work and how that that smell triggers triggers those feelings and those memories and it's I always tell people in our classes it's kind of like you know the links effect I don't know if you guys have links I don't know if that's an Australian brand or not but you know like when you smell something and you're reminded of something else so you know you you might smell jasmine and maybe that was like your grandmother's perfume and you remember her when you come across that smell yes um like for me that smell of like that really strong deodorant, that male deodorant always reminds me of high school because the boys would always just like (laughs) drown themselves in it. And so our sense of smell is so powerful, so, so powerful. And so that was one of the biggest things for me in terms of creating that calm space in my mind and tying those feelings for me. But the oils that I used were so powerful for helping with my sickness. Like, the sickness that I had throughout pregnancy, but also through postpartum. And it's so beautiful to be so connected to nature and plants and be able to utilize that instead of just going to pharmaceuticals immediately and having options. And that's my biggest thing is 
telling women that they have so many options of support and empowering them to pick what's going to work for them. I love that. That's amazing. All of it. Every, everything that you just said is so amazing. Like the, the whole technique that you teach and use with smelling like that, like a scent is brilliant. Like it's so interesting. Like you said, how our bodies work and, um, I'm definitely going to link Instagram and how to get in touch with you because this sounds like something that a lot of women could truly benefit from for sure. You explained it like amazingly and um, yeah, it just, it just sounds incredible. So um, one last thing I do want to ask you is if you can recommend any thing, any one thing to, pregnant women, what would that be? Okay. If I could say one thing to everyone who was pregnant, it would be that you cannot outsource your birth. You cannot give your power to anybody else, whether that be your obstetrician, whether that be a midwife, whether that be a doula, anybody, you can't simply go, okay, I've hired a doula, now I'm going to have a great birth. You must do the work yourself first. You must do the work and it needs to happen through pregnancy. There is no other experience in life where you just show up and you do something so well without being prepared for it. And you spend your time when you're pregnant, you know, looking at prams, looking at car seats, all those things that you might not need, swaddles and all that, but your time needs to be spent looking at and researching birth what you want your birth to be like and you cannot give that power to anyone else that your birth is entirely your responsibility and you can't yeah you cannot simply hire a midwife a private midwife and say I'm having a home birth that's my job done you need to be invested in learning and empower yourself uh, if you desire to have the birth that you want um, you simply must, must be the agency in your own birth. Girl, you better take them to church because <laughs> that just gave me the chills. That was perfect. <laughs> Very well said. Like, whew, I love it. You're amazing. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe it's the name. I'm not sure, but. <laughs> must be. Must You're, be. Yeah, like, goodness, I feel like. I just made a best friend or like, (laughs) I love everything that you said, you know, everything about you, you're an incredible woman and just wow. So I want to thank you so much. Like this was really cool. Very, very cool to have a first guest from another country that is just such a great, powerful woman. So thank you a million times over. Um, and thank you thank you so much for having me of course of course I feel like I might want to have you again like chat about something else because yes. like I said we probably could chat for a while <laughs> definitely could chat for sure all right yeah, Catherine well you enjoy your Sunday morning and it's Saturday night here so I'll probably be getting ready for bed soon honestly <laughs> with the baby so I will talk to you on Instagram thank you again Thank you so much. Bye-bye, girl.
so much fun. I had so, so, so much fun chatting with Catherine and hearing her amazing story. I truly pray this helps whoever needs it. If you enjoyed this episode and if you enjoy this podcast, please give it five stars. Thank you for listening. Because of you, I get to share this time, space, and information. God bless.